Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Dave. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week we're covering episode four, titled The Way It Came. Pig, it's really good to see you this week after I just killed you in Among Us a little yeah. bit ago. <laughs> no. This is what we were doing right before here. I was like, oh, we get to talk about a show about ghosts haunting. Right after I had to haunt your ass for a little bit, I snapped my neck and I just followed you around the map for a while. <laughs> I know. But you know what? It's a little bit of payback because I do remember, weren't we just playing um, this week or earlier in the weekend here? It's not the weekend now, but over the weekend and we mm-hmm. had the group playing going and I believe you came up behind me and sliced my throat. Yeah, I definitely probably did. Very, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. This time it was my turn, but... But glad to see that you at least uh, were able to resurrect and mm-hmm. come back yeah. and, uh, and and make sure that we're able to record tonight for, yeah. for everyone. <laughs> Definitely appropriate yeah. considering we're talking a show, we're talking about a show with ghosts Yes, when we were both ghosts a little earlier. So, hey, I guess I'll, I'll use this to, you know, uh, Jason gets a free plug here a little bit on Strange and Yeah, Dream, let's but, do it. But um, if th- those of you who are privy to the Podcastica network and know that Jason Cavassi kind of runs Podcastica and he's got his podcast, The Walking Dead Cast, and he has his Patreon up and you can join this Facebook group that we're all in and we've been playing a lot of Jackbox games and a lot of Among Us lately. If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna come in and play Among Us and other games online with Rima and myself and some other people, it's a good incentive to do that. And follow Jason on Walking Deadcast. I'm sure he'll talk about it more coming up soon. But we do free yeah. November every year, where you don't even have to pay anything for this month to come in and check it out and see what it's like yeah. to mingle Sneak with peek. all of us online. Yeah, <laughs> and and we're happy to kill you in Among Us. Yeah, so <laughs> I will happily feel- murder you and lie about it. <laughs> We will happily blame someone else yeah. <laughs> for killing you. <laughs> Too much fun. In fact, I wasn't sure we were going to make the podcast on time tonight just because we got caught up um, playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> but we're here now to talk Blind Manor. So, yeah, while I agree, I think everyone should come join us, uh, you know, either join the Patreon group, uh, come in for free November when Jason posts that. Uh, we'd love to have you. Yes. Um, Okay, so this week we're covering episode four. It's quite an episode. Now, Pake, last week you mentioned that, you know, it it was which we were only three episodes in. So it's okay that not everyone is going to, you know, do it for you. But yeah. you were not loving as much the last episode. How did you feel about this week's? This one I thought was a very good episode. I Okay, cool. Thoroughly loved this one and enjoyed it because it was very emotionally heavy. Mm-hmm. I uh and we'll get to it, but I definitely did cry watching this episode. It it got Me the too. tears going. You weren't alone, brother. And then we also got some much needed and much wondered about like answers for some stuff that we've been seeing. So that was good to get some backstory and answers for things we've wondered about. And then a little bit more tease at a special relationship that I've been totally digging. So, <laughs> not really even tease, but just like, uh, yeah, like, you got to need. Yeah, uh-huh. a little bit more than a tease. Had some action. Yeah, but yeah, so it was really good, but also like there's some rough points. Like I'm just, poor Danny's just traumatized and haunted and really needs a freaking break. And <laughs> she sure does. 
but I, I really well, enjoyed it. Good, good. You know, I did too. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I think that, you know, I was really happy that, you know, we, we did get some answers this episode that they didn't drag this out. And I, I'm sure we have more, clearly there's a lot more story to tell, but, you know, we've been introduced to this, you know, stranger. I mean, we know who he is now, but up until now he's been this stranger in the reflection. And then he started appearing even outside of um, the reflections uh, for Danny and, you know, scaring the hell out of her and completely traumatizing her. We've seen the panic attacks that she's had. Mm -hmm. So of course, we're, you know, wanting to know the backstory there and who is this guy and what the heck is going on. So I think this was really great timing on their part. And, you know, they definitely had a really great buildup uh, to this. And I'm happy that they didn't drag it out, that, that we got a really great episode. And like you said, very emotionally heavy. And I know we're going to get into it in detail, so yeah. I won't, I won't talk about the details, but uh, such a darn good thing that Mike Flanagan is so good at, yeah. at, at really pulling those emotional heartstrings and really just bringing it out. So, um, well, that's good. That's good. Glad to hear <laughs> your feelings on that. So without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and start talking about it since we're both feeling pretty good about yeah. the episode. What's your number five? My number five is Flora and specifically some of her things that she was saying and the double meanings behind them. Um, oh, yes. The first one, of course, is Danny has skipped out on the funeral. She's going to stay on the ground, stay at the house. And she walks out and sees and hears Flora, goes to her to talk to her. And she's over there doing grave rubbings, which I guess she's <laughs> just like sketching the like epitaphs and names off of the graves that's a fun thing that kids do sometimes i guess i don't know <laughs> i never you know that. i've i've i haven't actually done it myself but i've known people that do and so when i've i've read comments uh from like what was she doing and is this the thing that people do and i'm like yeah kind of yeah. i think it's kind of a neat thing that some people will go to like historical grave sites and and do these these rubbing so uh, yes. For Interesting. Me, me as a dark and twisty person, it didn't seem so <laughs> terrible to me, but I can see where some yeah. people might think that. So, yeah, I've never heard sorry. of it, so I don't know if Please I would continue. say it was like a terrible thing. Yeah, but <laughs> but definitely different. I didn't expect it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Flora is a little dark, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it probably makes sense for her because she is, I mean, and not to step, step all over your, your number <laughs> five here, but she is a little dark. She communes with ghosts. Yeah. Um, they're, her and her brother are a little quirky, to say the least. So, okay, so she does some great rubbings, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah, her and Danny are speaking while she's doing that. And Flora mentions, you know, asks, will, will Owen's mom be there? And it's like, what, at the funeral? It's like, well, I would suppose. And that's what she says. Well, her parents' bodies were not at their funeral. So we still don't know exactly what happened, you know, what killed them or what happened. But... We know that they were abroad. They weren't at home. So maybe just something happened or whatever the way they couldn't have the bodies taken back home. But and it kind of gets to a point where then like uh, Flora has the line of you know, she says, you know, but, you know, your parents are still here with you or something trying mm -hmm. to make that, you know, nice, nicety there. And Flora just says, oh, they aren't here. Sorry, Miss Clayton. They're really not. I've been look I've looked for them everywhere. You know? <laughs> and I know. Then it takes kind of more of a literally, you know, she literally means what she's saying there as far as <laughs> there's ghosts and there's people who are here, but my parents aren't aren't in that group. They're not here. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like both 
like the communication that's, that's happening here between both of them. Like, you know, I feel like Danny was kind of more saying that they're with you, like in your heart yeah. or like in your memories, they're always with you. And so they're never really gone or, you know, but then Flora's like, no, they're not here. Like, physically yeah. or maybe not physically but however you say spiritually or, or whatever in manifestation yeah. of like ghosts because there are ghosts at Bly Manor and Flora seems to know them very well or know who most of of who they are and, and has some uh some sort of insight to to the ghosts there so she meant that way and when she says that to you know to Danny she's like no they're not and then Danny's like um okay <laughs> which it was totally going over Danny's head because yeah. she's not thinking about there really being ghosts there at all so it's just kind of interesting this conversation between both of them how there's they're not really on the same page yeah. at all because <laughs> we, we can pretend they're here if you want to that makes you feel better it's just Dave's like no that's <laughs> that's fine whatever like, no, okay weirdo yeah. it's all good <laughs> <laughs> and i noticed the the grave rubbing she does in the church is one of a viola lloyd Mm-hmm. And the only reason I made a note of it is I was like, I wonder if that's going to come back around because the camera lingered quite a good bit on it. Yes. And maybe that's the lady in the lake. Maybe that's who that is. Maybe it's one of the other ghosts in the house. I don't know. But I think there's an importance to that name for sure. I think there is importance to that name. I think there was another person with a name similar to that where it was on one of the um, tombstones where mm-hmm. uh, Flora was. So I feel like they kind of lingered on that. Not really so much focused on that but definitely had it in the camera shot uh when they when they were showing flora there and then or maybe it was right after they left i can't remember but they they kind of had it there in the shot and and made it to where you could see and read the name very much like they did like you said the one when they were in the chapel yeah uh, when they lingered on it so i feel like you're right we should take note um (laughs) feel it's important we know things don't happen by mistake in this show definitely so i'll keep that name in mind and see what happens. Please do, because I'll probably forget terrible <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah. And then the only other part of this this number five that I have is again with Flora is again that double meaning, that kind of speech is the speech she gives to Owen at dinner. Oh. And cause for him, he took it meaning, you know, very like spiritually, you know, you don't have to be sad because people, you know, dead doesn't mean gone and they're here with you. Well, again, for Flora, she's speaking very literally. Right. And so I actually have it down. I like to do this sometimes is, you know, just go ahead and write down the entire thing. So I can run through it. But uh, what Flora says, she says, when mom and dad died, I thought I was going to die too. I was sure of it. But then I thought, what if I was already dead, but nobody else knew, which I then noted that Hannah kind of perked up there a little bit. Nobody else. (laughs) I had to note that. Um, I have that notated as well. She says, and I was walking around dead, but everybody could see and hear me. That was dreadful. It only felt like dying because actually I was still alive. You have to be to feel that way. I wasn't dead. I was just really, really sad. But then I learned a secret. I didn't even need to be sad anymore. And Owen asks, what secret? She says, dead doesn't mean gone. So you don't need to be sad and yeah it's exactly what owen needed yeah it's exactly Mm -hmm. what owen needed in the like figurative sense as the how he took it was that dead doesn't mean gone so you don't need to be sad because your mother's memories are always with you and i know that you might feel like you're empty or something you know inside because of her loss but you know that you're still alive because you feel that way and i think it's a very important thing but 
But I think when Flora's saying it, she's not necessarily meaning it in that figurative sense. I think she's very literally speaking about ghosts. Yes, I agree. But, you know, whatever it takes to make someone feel better. Mm -hmm. They may not know that, but I think it did mean a lot to Owen in in that moment for sure. Yeah, that was so sweet. Um, Really sweet moments in this episode. And yeah, Flora, that girl, I I, I think she's adorable, but holy cow. (laughs) Um, Good number five. So... I'm going to go ahead with my number five and just jump right into Edmund. All right. Let's talk about Edmund because that's, you know, where kind of this whole episode, not all of it, there's definitely other things that happen and, and goes around that, but I think it's all related. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in this episode is related. So we finally find out who this guy is. Um, he's been scaring the hell out of us, or I should at least speak for myself, scaring the hell out of me. Um, every time he pops up in a mirror, even though I feel like I should just expect him at this point, he's there. Uh, so we, we finally find out who he is and we're introduced to him, uh, when he and, uh, Danny are kids. Yeah. Um, and so, so cute, so cute to see a couple little, you know, a little boy and girl as best friends. And then they grow up and become, you know, friends, but then they turn into sweethearts. And you, I don't know if it's, if anybody else noticed, but I, I kept noticing, you know, every time Edmund was getting excited, he's like, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to get through this. We just got to get this through this moment. And then everyone's going to leave us alone. And yeah. I kept seeing this look of hesitation or, or just something on Danny's face. Yeah. That, you know, she was just kind of, kind of phoning in, you know, her, her feelings. Like she was trying to pretend like she was excited and because like she was supposed to be excited. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, but I kept seeing this expression come across her face and I was like, man, she doesn't seem very excited <laughs> to be, you know, engaged. And which I, I'm guessing, cause it, it was saying what about a year earlier, and so we're supposed to be in 87. So this, I guess, would have yeah. been sometime in 86 if we go back a year. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, that that, that takes me back. <laughs> you know, the music, the, uh, everything in the show really takes me back. But just the music playing was such a good song when they were getting ready to go into, it looks like their engagement party when they're, you know, he's kind of giving her that little pep talk. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's, I don't know if we know her exact age, but she's a young girl in her twenties. And so this is something that, you know, you think that you'd be excited about getting married and someone that you're supposed to be in love with and have this long relationship with. And she doesn't quite seem to be that excited. And when Edmund starts talking in that speech, when she, he's telling the the crowd that, you know, she kept turning him down year after year. I was like, Dude, that should have been your first clue. That <laughs> what we've learned is for years and years, you can't take a hint. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 trying to somehow communicate that this probably is not either what she wants. It's probably not the best for either of you. And I think he must have wore her down after some time. And yeah. you can't quite figure it out until, at least for me, and I feel like most people probably picked up on it, is when she's getting fitted for her dress. Yeah. And the she's got a female dressmaker. She's got her her mom and her future mother-in-law 
you know, and they're gabbing, you know, like moms do. And, and she's got the dressmaker, you know, compliment. She's like, you've got really great shoulders. And she's kind of giving these little, um, you know, nips and tucks and kind of laying it, laying the fabric down in places. And you can see Danny seems just very nervous. Yeah. You know, she just seems very uptight and jittery. Like every time she touches her, she's kind of taking a sharp intake of breath. And, you know, especially when she's got her hand against her back and you're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Danny likes girls, yes. you know, um, which I feel like we've kind of already know that right we feel like there's been because we've talked about there's a bit of a spark between her and um and jamie right so but i mean hey maybe maybe she likes both and that's okay too um but then yeah that's when you're kind of like oh yeah so maybe she doesn't want to get married because she's not so sure of herself you know Mm -hmm. and you know you can and you know at the time it's if this is around 86 which the 80s you know uh, it was not a very open, not a whole lot of open conversations about being gay and society, yeah. not very open or accepting, you know, even in people's own families. I mean, it's still tough today, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so in 86, I mean, it just, it wasn't something that was talked about really that much, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and she's probably confused too, because it's not talked about so open or it's not such an open kind of community or society isn't yet that open. And she's probably confused about it herself. It's, I think could be, you know, sexuality can be a kind of a confusing thing. And when you're trying to sort out your feelings and, you know, um, so I feel like she's probably just very confused and she's probably thinking, well, this is how I'm supposed to feel. So I'm just, I'm going along with this. You know, she thinks that she's supposed to you know, go this way. So that's why she's agreed to marry Edmund. So, um, and then just, you know, kind of see how that turns out when she does finally try to tell him, you know, she feels like she's, you know, finally cannot go through with it because it would be a lie. And, and I mean, we don't, we don't get all those conversations. We don't hear her inner thoughts, but you feel like this is what's working out in her head that she just doesn't feel good about going through with this and that she feels it would, be wrong to to lead Edmund and, and marry him, knowing that she feels this way, or maybe doesn't feel a certain way about him, like she should. Which maybe a little late in the day to do that, but at yeah. least she did it before they were, you know, getting married. Because mm-hmm. that's when it starts to get really sticky, right? When you start when you actually yeah. get married, um, and then to see it end in such tragedy, we we get to finally see what the glowing glasses were, which I think we kind of speculated about that Mm -hmm. seemed like that's what you would see in the reflection of headlights. Um, it was dark. Um, and then, yeah, poor guy died. Yeah. (sighs) So we got the backstory and we kind of find out when he first appeared to her was in the hospital. Um, and then again at the funeral home. Didn't wait very long either. Like, the doctor no. literally had just told them he had passed away and then she like went to go wash up and kind of have a little panic attack. And then there he was, boom, like immediately. Yeah. She didn't get a break at all. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a break at all. Like, huh, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You're not rid of me yet. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's one so of those yeah. things that, I mean, you see like, there's like this actual literal physical representation of what happened haunting her. Mm-hmm. But I think even, yeah, just mentally and emotionally, you know, it, it was a freak accident tragedy, but looking at it through her eyes, there's definitely plenty of reason in quotations 
that she would blame herself for what happened. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's all I had for my number five. If you don't have anything to add um, or anything else to add, sorry. Um, What's your number four? My number four is my best friend, Owen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go ahead and get the other tearjerker out of the way. Um, (laughs) I just, I have in my notes, it's just, oh my God, Owen, now you're seriously going to make me cry like that? Really? Um, Because I was, his, his speech about his mother during their bonfire toasts just had me in tears. Yeah. And I did not write that one down word for word because I don't know if I could get through it. But it definitely hit me way closer and deeper than I even expected it would. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I lost my mother when I was young. And then I was incredibly close to my grandmother, who I also lost earlier this year. And so his speech definitely meant a lot. Because I lost, you know, my mother to cancer and my grandmother had a lot of health problems and declining to you know, the last couple of times I talked to her, she was completely, you know, unaware of what was going on. And so oh. I've been in those positions. And so I definitely felt that really heavily. And so mm-hmm. it, it affected me really deeply, but I won't say that it's like a bad thing because I think it's important to sometimes be able to go back to those kind of feelings and to see it even in fiction played out to where you see that like, it's a human thing that a lot of people go through. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that whole scene just really, really definitely was, it hit really close to home, but it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm glad that I experienced that with this show. Yeah, I agree. Well, I have it. All right. It's it's one of my points. So (laughs) nice. Go for it. You know, if it's easier for me to read it, because I, I do want to share it with with our listeners. Yeah. And because one of my points is the monologues mm-hmm. uh, for the show. There were some really great monologues <laughs> and you covered the one with Flora and Owen when they were having dinner. Um, but yeah, the bonfire or bonfire. Bonfire, yeah. Um, which is, I don't know, I think a little bit of what we do here in the States too. You know, we call it a bonfire here. And I feel like that's, Seems to be for some reason a time when most of us are, you know, we've had a few drinks and we've we've been doing, you know, activities or, or you know, things out all day and everyone's hanging out. And the end of the night, people seem to get a little melancholy yeah. and start those kinds of conversations. So maybe it carried over a little bit from the UK because I feel like yeah. I've been at a couple of those. <laughs> it's a good myself. time for reflection. It is a good time for reflection. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're all kind of, you know, raising their glass or their wine bottles to, you know, <laughs> certain people. And when Owen gets up and he says, so my mom, Margaret Sharma, she was 67, except, except sometimes by the end, she forgot that, called me by my dad's name or her brother's. You know, I try to pretend that it, didn't know who I was supposed to be. They didn't say any of that at the funeral. They wouldn't. It just smoothed it over, made it nice. So they left out all the bad stuff and all the good stuff. They didn't say how funny she was, how she would wink at you from across the breakfast table. She had a sweet tooth and a dirty laugh. And she loved me. 
so hard, it hurt. Sometimes, no matter what I did, uh, she was gone long before she died, and I miss her. She was my anchor, and then I suppose she was my burden. She seemed so small at the end, but still so heavy, and I, all I could do is just let her hang on to me until it was time for her to let go, and soon I'll let her go too. Yeah. Yeah, and if that didn't hit you, man, I don't know what to tell you. Because, yeah, that was a pretty poignant speech there by Owen and definitely pulled at the heartstrings and was absolutely amazing. Uh, Like we mentioned when we were starting to record, just kind of giving our thoughts that, you know, Mike Flanagan, he did this in Hill House too. Yeah. Where you just really... I mean, I was just shocked at how that show affected me in so many different ways. I think that's why I haven't been able to go back and rewatch even after two years, haven't rewatched it since we covered it two years ago, uh, just because it took such an emotional heavy toll. Even though we were only covering one episode a week, it still took so much out of me that by the end, I just thought, I, I don't know if I can watch this for a while. <laughs> and I feel like this show is doing a, a pretty good job too. I thought, how is it that this show that's supposed to be really scary, which it was, Uh, with lots of ghosts, which it did have, um, but yet still somehow made me cry in so many episodes and made me feel so many feelings. And this one um, is so far as well. Now, this one, probably more of a crying episode than maybe some of the others that we've had so far, the first three. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely off to a good start. Um, Pretty heavy and pretty deep and great writing and really great acting. Oh yeah, I, I mean, was right there in there with him. Like I mentioned, I mean, it hit me a lot deeper than I even expected. And even when he started, I was like, "Oh God, I know where this is going." Like, I mean, I already had those connections in my head, and I was like, "Okay, let's let's see how this goes." And like I said, by the time he was done and he took a swig of wine, I was just in tears, just so you know. I was like, "Oh man, that went way deeper than I was ready for," but I'm I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, that it gave me goosebumps and. And I, I'm sure it hit people really hard, and it, it sounds like you know you've had experience with that as well. If you've if you've lost someone who's had dementia mm-hmm. or Alzheimer's, and you know how difficult that is, especially you know when you know he's like talking about you know in the end, you know she she forgot that, and you know yeah, she I just kind of forgot who she another, was. Yeah, another grandmother that I had lost. Years ago, I was I was younger, but I, they will always be vividly in my mind as well. As my my dad's mom is, yes, yeah, she had Alzheimer's, and mm. going and so visiting weird. her, and you know, we'd walk in, and we'd have to kind of reintroduce every time. But I remember how hard it hit my dad because she didn't recognize her own son. It was she kept thinking and referring to him. She thought he was her twin brother, mm-hmm. and. I just, yeah, it was, it's those things that are, you, you, I know. even as a kid seeing that it will be something that will resonate and sit with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. He just knocked that out of the park. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I don't know what other experience he's had. I know we talked about he was in iZombie and that's kind of what he's more known for, but holy crap. I feel like yeah. this performance for him is going to probably open up so many doors for oh, him. I, yeah. I hope so. Because he's super talented. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that myself. I was like, we talked about it, I think, last week where you're like, you know, I don't recognize it. We haven't seen anything else that he's been in, but I enjoy him. And now I'm like, double down on that. Like, I really yeah. enjoy what he's been able to I bring to more. the show. I want more from him for sure. Yeah. Um, hope this opens up some more doors for him. Yeah. And then he gets some recognition because uh, whatever he was known for before, he's got quite the range. He can certainly do funny um and he, he didn't let the, the, the sadness and the alcohol keep him from the puns, which I'm sure no. you're going to, you know, make sure that we hear about oh, later. Yeah. But that's, um, that's my next point know. following up Absolutely. on my number four is after, <laughs> after the sadness and then I have it on, you know, but he, yeah, he, he makes sure to leave on a high note with alcohol you later. <laughs> I just had yeah, nice one. I'm probably going to use that myself just so you know. <laughs> I can promise you during all my drunk nights, I'm probably going to also use that as well. <laughs> that was, that was a really great number four. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about that? That's it. Okay. Well, I'll just, since I already went ahead and read the monologues and was talking about how this, you know, this episode was just jam packed with monologues. I want to talk about the other one too. Cause that one was right. really great from Owen. You mentioned the one with Flora when she was talking to Owen. I just loved that. And the other one that I really enjoyed was when Danny was talking to miles mm-hmm. at bedtime and she comes in uh, after putting Flora to bed and miles has had a fit yeah. dinner, which I'm sure that might be a point or we might go into detail, but just, kind of where we left off he's had a bit of a fit and had himself um excused whether he liked it or not from dinner and was sent sent to their room um so she's decided to have a little heart to heart with him and i i really enjoy danny's approach she does have quite a way with kids yeah she's she's definitely in a position to be a teacher you know an au pair nanny whatever you want to call her in this position working with kids she really does relate to children and i i like that she's able to really kind of get through to them so what she says after coming into miles's room and sitting on his bed and she says you know we're a lot alike she says i didn't have parents growing up my dad died when i was about flora's age my mom was alive but she wasn't really there anymore so a lot of the times i had to be my own parent she said the kids like us like you and me and flora we're special. We grow up faster than other kids. And even more special, we really get to choose the grown-ups that we keep in our life. Well, mostly anyway. Um, and I, I love that. That I related to a lot too. Um, I didn't lose my dad. My dad is alive, but he was pretty much out of my life and didn't really want to have a whole lot uh to really do with me at that point when Mm -hmm. I was um, really young. And so my mom was a single parent and because she was a single parent, she had to work. Uh, And, and I was a latchkey kid. I was home alone a lot. Um, And of course it was a kind of a different time growing up in the eighties. You know, I'm sure a lot of people who grew up in that time can relate how different it was and how different the times were and how you could just pretty much be gone from your house from dusk till dawn. And Mm -hmm. as long as you were home by a certain you know, when the sun started to go down, it was pretty much, you weren't really checked on that much. And, yeah. and like I said, I was kind of passed around a little bit because I was home a lot, um, alone, alone. I would get past my grandparents or have to go stay on my, you know, aunt and uncles for the weekend or for a couple of days or something while my mom was working. Um, so I felt kind of like the same. I felt like a lot of times I had to kind of be my own parent and, you know, she was just kind of busy with 
her life and working. Um, so I had to kind of depend on myself a lot. So that kind of hit, hit me um, a lot. So, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really great performance as well from Victoria Pedretti. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought she delivered that really well and it, it, probably hit home for a lot of people. And I thought it really was a great thing to say to Miles, something that he probably needed to hear in that moment, even though I don't quite know that that was really Miles at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he might have been a he might have gotten punished and gotten a talking to when maybe it wasn't really his fault. <laughs> yeah. Cuz even happening. that conversation started where she what was it that she said? It was like that was quite a something you know that was quite quite a display i think is what she said and he was like what do you mean like just play and with him you can never tell if he's just like playing it off like he doesn't know or he really may have no idea what she's talking about or he could still just be i feel like whoever yeah whoever he is Mm -hmm. in those moments he could be just pretending in that moment just to get danny to to placate her yeah yeah so that that was that was one of my points so when you were talking about that i thought well i'll just go ahead and and, and talk about that anyway some just great monologues and really great at playing your emotional um uh i don't know what i want to say there mm-hmm. but fill in the blank yeah. um but a couple things that i want to talk about that weren't just or that were happening during that time. So you mentioned when Flora was talking to Owen and in the moment when she says, when my, when mom and dad died, I thought I was going to die too. I was sure of it. Then I thought, what if I was already dead? And then boom, the camera went straight to Hannah. Yep. <laughs> that this shit doesn't happen by accident. Pake. <laughs> I know I'm, I might sound like a crazy person. I probably have people screaming. I'm at with me you right on now this going, one. So, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I know how I sound sometimes and I know I pull, you know, just shit out of the air, but I'm feeling really good about this one, or at least, at least we're being led to believe that I could be wrong. And then that's maybe where we're being led and they're going to pull the rug out from under. It's going to be like Charlie and the football, you know, Lucy's (laughs) going to pull that football away from me any moment, but they don't make mistakes in this show and boom, that camera went straight to Hannah and lingered on her. And then the next line when Flora says, um, but nobody else knew. And I was walking around dead, but everybody could see and hear me. And I was like, this is not a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a mistake. And I don't want to linger on that too much because I know this might be one of your points or, or in the oh, notes or something. No, it's that just I, a little extra note that, yeah. But <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So definitely wanted to just call that to attention because it, it didn't, I, I paid very, I, I'm paying attention to details or at least as much as possible. I don't catch everything. Um, I'm sure there are things that get by me, but definitely notice this one. Didn't notice Mm -hmm. anything like that so much during Owen's speech so much, unless I missed something. But when Danny was talking to Miles, this is a small thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if you noticed it too. And I'm wondering listeners, if you guys caught on to it too, when Danny first comes into the room, uh, his bedroom, Miles's bedroom doors open, uh-huh. and it's you can see out into the hallway. Yeah. So when she sits on the bed and she starts talking to him, 
around the last line, I think when she says, like, you know, like, we're special, we grow up faster than other kids, you know, the, the camera goes between Danny and then goes to Miles and then back to Danny goes to Miles. Towards the, the last line or two that she has, that door looks slightly more closed. Hmm. It's not all the way closed. Yeah. But you can't see. And, and I tried to, I, I paused it a couple times. I you know, rewound it a couple of times and I'm like, okay, did they maybe just change camera angles? Like maybe the camera isn't quite where it was before the last time she was sitting on the bed. Like maybe that's why the door looks like it's closed. But at one point when she first comes in there and sits down and starts talking to him, the door's more, it's not wide open, but it's pretty open and you can see into the hallway. By Mm -hmm. the time she's done talking to him, it's closed a little bit, just a little. Yeah. Um, but you can no longer see into the hallway. That's what made the difference for me is like at hmm. one point you could see the hallway later. You couldn't, but the door was still open. And I thought, Interesting. again, just looking at things, I could just be off. Maybe it was a camera angle, but I just wanted to call attention to yeah. it. Well, like you that said, you know, they don't really make mistakes as far as like everything is purposeful. It seems, you know, you want to watch for, and that could mean a couple of different things, whether it's, just simply just like a ghost effect where like, Ooh, something closed the door and it's as simple right. as that. Or it could have a deeper philosophical meaning behind it. Like a lot of things I feel like I like to look into Yeah, where, you know, miles in his episode in episode two, where they're talking about, you know, can you let, uh, you know, these demons in and it's kind of, you know, this topic of, you know, susceptibility or openness to something to where maybe as Danny's having this conversation with him and really humanizing the situation and like bringing out more of miles where he's not as open to that anymore he's closing and so (laughs) there's that you know just like the door there maybe there's that you know analogy or even just the fact that maybe maybe peter or whatever it is that's in him had just decided to leave (laughs) i know just just weird it it Mm -hmm. it was odd to me um and i just thought i'd call it out like i said could be completely batty but one to just kind of while we were talking about the monologues, those moments in the monologues in case I forgot to bring them up later, you know, uh-huh. when we're talking about some of the weird shit that happens in this show and some of those weird details. So just wanted to make sure that I call that out. So cool. That was all that I have to say about that. Um, what is your number three? My number three, I think I had a point last week that was the same thing, but it's just the relationship that maybe at the very beginning, we never knew we, wanted but now we need <laughs> we do we need it danny and jamie i still don't have any fun pet name for the couple there's nothing that just sounds good it's okay uh, that's we don't need that we didn't have them in 1987 <laughs> yeah. we don't have to have <laughs> we don't need it yeah who needs them but uh yeah we, we the first thing we see of them of, of course is after the opening of the episode where it starts with a flashback we come back to the quote-unquote present um you know, the day of the funeral and Danny's not really comfortable going and Jamie is able to kind of talk her down and let her off the hook a little bit. And their conversation is a little flirty, not too much, but it's it's there. You're getting those vibes already, just mm-hmm. kicking it off. And then it, it really attention. Yeah. Culminates though, and Danny asks her, can you help me get this dress off then? And Jamie kind of makes this blimey. little, you know, yeah, ooh, you know, she kind of makes this little face and blimey, you know, pokes fun at it where she's like, ah, oh, not like that. I mean, literally the zipper, you know, um, but Jamie's flirting a little bit there and for sure, I liked that. And then throughout the entire episode, 
I just had to mark that Jamie keeps referring to Danny as Poppins, and I really like that. I, I think it's adorable love that she's given her that little nickname. <laughs> yeah, Poppins. I'm uh, in love with that because I think Miles is the one that originally gave her that in a way toward the on the in the first episode when they pull up. He's like, I believe you know you're our very own Mary Poppins or something. I know he called Rebecca. No, he said that Rebecca. He said that to Rebecca. That's what it was. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then, so I don't know, maybe Jamie's kind of playing off of that as well with the au pair, the nanny being there. Is, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins. Um, so, yeah, that's right. That was Rebecca. So I mixed that up. <laughs> no, that's good. She might, and she might have. But she might have picked uh, it up from there still. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun nickname for the au pair. But now I think she's meaning it a little bit more endearing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Danny's, you know, also playing along to that a little bit. Where it's not just Jamie flirting with Danny. Is uh, then we get, you know, the scene with dinner and all of that, where Danny just keeps looking at Jamie for prolonged periods of time. She can't keep her eyes off of her, and there's definitely a connection there. And I think it gets to a point even Danny just doesn't even care if she is being noticed anymore. She just keeps looking at her. She was not being very stealthy (laughs) at all. You know, she was breaking her neck, you know, (laughs) sometimes looking, looking at Jamie. So yeah, making it pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. And then the bonfire scene, there's not too much between them at the fire, but it's enough to where they, they have, you know, their, their friendship to where they, yeah, from there they go back to, I guess that's Jamie doesn't live there. She leaves with Owen but I guess it's kind of her quarters when she is there. It looks it like seems... a greenhouse kind yeah. of, but also it looks like she's got like a few lounging couches or places where she probably just chills out a little yeah. and she's working the grounds and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So they go back and Danny finally, for the first time, it seems actually tells somebody what happened. Now she leaves out some key details, but it's most of the backstory. It's more than she's told anybody, it seems. Yeah. And she's comfortable enough with Jamie to to reveal as much as she does. And then she, Danny's the one that initiates the kiss. And I was just so happy. I was like legitimately just like smiling and like clapping my hands like, yay, finally it happened. I, yeah, I was too. And, and, and Jamie, I love that Jamie stopped to be like, are yeah. you sure? You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Jamie's ah, good, good, good girl, Jamie. I like her a lot. I do so too. She's she's wanting to watch out for Danny because even after, as a, uh, as Jamie refers to him as you know, oi, dead boyfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cute. <laughs> even at that point, when when dead boy- boyfriend has to go and fuck it up, mm-hmm. Jamie at least makes sure to let her know like whatever it was that was going on. She's like, don't worry about it. It's not, I'm not taking it personal. We can try again another time, another place, another night. Maybe it's up to you. She's being very, she's guarding Danny's heart very well. And I think that's very admirable. I love that because Mm -hmm. she is truly in tune with Danny and what, like you said, being very protective of her heart and not wanting to push her towards something if it's too soon for her she's going through clearly she's going through something i love when she she says i'm not going to ask you um what's wrong or um she's like i'm not going to ask you how you are because i don't like being lied to so i'm just going to ask you what's wrong 
Yeah. You know, and I love that because she just, she, she knows she's not even going to, you know, dance around it. She just asks her and she wants to be a friend to her. You know, she's not pushing her for anything more, even though, yes, they've had this flirtation and clearly something is between them, but Mm -hmm. she's being very respectful. And, and again, the, you know, about being gay, you know, Jamie seems like she's pretty aware who she is. Yeah. Um, and she's okay with that. And that's great. I love that. Um, but she's not about pushing that on to Danny. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she can sense maybe Danny's not quite sure who she is yet. Or, you know, she's still kind of figuring it out. And so she's not wanting to push that on her. Like, yeah, I think we have some chemistry here. We have a connection. Something's going on. But she's not going to push that on her. She's kind of letting Danny come to that on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and when she does that and she, again, asks her, you know, are you sure? You know, and, and I love that. Not just sure about, I think, are your feelings there? And, you're, you know, it's not pushing you too hard knowing this trauma that you went through. And she's trying to be respectful of that and allow her time. But also, are you sure about you and I? Yeah. You know, and I love that. I I, I want to kiss Jamie right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's, yeah, she's great. And I think, yeah. honestly, like the whole, like everybody all of the like staff the that works at this house are just incredible people. And yeah, like that goes back to that monologue a little bit that you mentioned earlier where Danny's talking to miles and she says, you have some amazing grownups here that you can choose to be your family. You know, if you want. Yeah. And it's so true. These people Very are true. incredible. <laughs> they are absolutely incredible. I, I, man, they've done a good job again in this mm-hmm. series like they did with Hill House, how you just cared about all those characters, you know, and felt a connection with them, or at least, at least probably one. I'm sure maybe if you didn't feel that connection with everyone in Hill House, I'm sure that you probably connected with at least one, yeah. you know, person and you really felt that, you know, with them, whatever they were going through and, and really wanted like the best for them and wanted a happy outcome. And, they're doing, I think, a really great job with that for me and Blight Manor. I'm, I'm really feeling a connection on some level with everyone yep. uh, so far. And, and really just, I care about them. Yeah. So Even good. if they're dead. <laughs> like Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then only other thing I have on that is like a small note that's not necessarily about their relationship, but kind of could be, is I'm getting more and more sure that the storyteller is Jamie. I'm feeling... Mm-hmm. not just the accent, but there's like that personal connection, of course, too, you know, she says the gardener, but you know, it's a very personal connection if it's the same person, but then even just like the way that she speaks in a lot of affection for the au pair and for the gardener. And I'm just, I'm, I'm still running on that theory train. Cause I am too. that's the best guess I got. <laughs> it's the best guess I've got again. You know, they've got a great way of, of twisting things and turning things around and that's okay. But yeah, that's, I'm, I'm feeling good about that guess as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm with you. Um, that All was right. great. That was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm rooting for, and oh, I think we mentioned it before. I'm a little scared about rooting too hard for those two. I feel like nothing good happens at Bly Manor. So yeah. I feel a little worried about that, but I'm feeling, I like it. I like it so far. Mm-hmm. I'm in for it. Um, all right. My number three, I want to talk a little about, we, we touched, you touched on it earlier and I think it was a really great point. And we've talked about 
you know, finding out who Edmund is and who this, you know, ghost that seems to be following Danny around. Um, So what I think is is happening here, and I I love how they kind of tie in some of the same themes. And I think there's a shared theme here with some things that were happening in Hill House, that some ghosts are manifested by the trauma in our lives Mm -hmm. or by great guilt. Uh, You know, there was something I believe that happened in Hill House, if everyone remembers. I won't talk about it because I don't want to spoil anyone. I know there are some people who still haven't watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, Please go watch it, FYI, when you finish Bly Manor. Uh, Go watch Hill House. It's amazing if you haven't. Um, But if if some folks do remember some of the events that happened in Hill House, um, I think there were some of the same things that kind of happened there as what I think what what I think happened here. I don't know that Edmund is so much the spiritual ghost or, you know, uh, I don't know how, what ghosts are really, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know if he's an actual ghost that's haunting her. I think it's, it's the manifestation of the guilt that Danny feels yeah. about the circumstances of their breakup and then his death and thinking, of course, you know, what if she hadn't done what she had done? What if she hadn't said what she had said, then he would still be alive. Yeah. And, because of that, it has manifested itself into this vision of of um, Edmund. You know, is he really there as a ghost? I don't know that I believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I believed it at first until I saw this episode. Um, but boy, he seemed real when yeah. when he he's at the funeral and he has his hand on her shoulder. And I don't know if I was creeped out by that or if I was touched because I don't know, is he comforting her or is he just being creepy Mm -hmm. Uh, when he is behind her at the friggin' sink in the kitchen when she's like washing potatoes or something, I think at the sink and puts his like hands on her hips. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) The dude has hands. Like, I mean, his hands are as big as my, I've got some big hands. I've got like man hands. Which speaking Um, of his hands, I have to go back on, Something I said last week where I thought maybe the hand she saw could have been Peter for whatever reason. Definitely yes. was wrong about that because then we see that like same shirt and like blood marks and the watch and yes. everything. That was definitely his hand from after he was hit by that truck or bus or whatever it was. They made a good point to kind of zero in a little bit yeah. as, as you see him laying in the street his hand and the little splatters of blood and the kind of mm-hmm. shaking as he's you know just been plowed by a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I said, yep, I, I, I'm with you. I think that that has to be, has to be his hand yes. there. Um, so yeah, I kind of short and sweet, but I think a little bit of a shared theme with Hill house. I like how it kind of ties in a little bit with the, with the same theme, because I think it's probably pretty true, you know, for some people, you know, when you go through something like this, clearly Danny has been extremely traumatized. Poor girl needed some therapy. After this, I, she, she went through this horrible experience and she just ran away straight to London. Um, or well, straight from somewhere. I don't know that she went, I I guess she was in London. What, six months. Is that what we found out when we we first meet her? And we know that this event was about a year old, I think. Yeah. Maybe. And we don't, it may have taken her about six months before she decided to leave. Yeah. I guess time had passed. Yeah. Edmund's mom mom, had visited her. Yeah. was checking in on her saying, you know, people are saying that you're not taking care of yourself and it's been a while and you're not talking to anybody and come have dinner. And yeah. Yeah. So I guess there could have been a couple of months or so that have passed 
uh, from from the time of his death and when she shows up at her door and when we see her, you know, leaving. Um, so sounds like she hasn't. Oh, I mean, clearly has not worked through it. I mean, she's mm-hmm. having panic attacks. She's manifesting her dead fiancés um, and former, you know, best friend slash fiance, uh, you know, is haunting her basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm leaning more. Not that the other ghosts I feel are the same that we're seeing in Blind Manor by any means, but I think <laughs> that Edmund's ghost is definitely a manifestation of her guilt. Yeah, I think that may and, even be another actual reason as to why she left her teaching job is I'm sure there's lots of mirrors in a classroom with little kids and she maybe was just kind of losing it and couldn't, couldn't deal. Yeah. And that's what it seems like. She really, I mean, she's having some straight up panic attacks. And in this episode, she was constantly frantic. Like she was Mm -hmm. constantly losing it. Um, And she's very much on the edge. Although by the end of the episode, I don't know. She might be like, you know what? We're facing this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're getting through it. And I guess her little, uh, seemed like she was performing almost like her own little exorcism there by throwing the glasses into the fire. Mm-hmm. She had her uh, own old bones to, to throw in. Yeah. Didn't quite get rid of him though. He was still no. kind of hanging about. So I don't know if that's really going to be the end of him, but I'm wondering if she's just maybe feeling a little bit better equipped yeah, that's what I have <laughs> my note on that. I said, you know, now that she's fed up with him, she has feelings for Jamie and he's clearly getting directly in the way of that. And she's nicely drunk. <laughs> Danny's going to face her demon of bright eyes, a.k.a. dead boyfriend, a.k.a. Edmund. And she says, it's just you and me then. And I said, yeah, well, that and the hidden ghost standing in the background in the field behind you, but close enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. Besides that one lingering about, pay no mind to him. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah. So I hopefully we'll pick up kind of on that where she's finally going to address that problem and face him in a literal sense and take care of this problem. Yeah, I'm hoping she's able to to kind of get over that. But I did Mm -hmm. think it was kind of funny, like you mentioned, when she's she's sitting there in front of the bonfire and she's throwing the glasses in and there was like a bit of a spark there, a little bit of a something happening there. And he's still Mm -hmm. kind of standing there and she's like, so it's just you and me uh, or however she says that. And, you know, there's that hidden ghost in the back and he's like hello i know not quite just you know you and him i'm here too you know (laughs) i'm here we know that wasn't the tommy wiseau one because he would have been a lot more vocal (laughs) definitely not him he definitely would have been you know like you said hey i'm being spooky (laughs) oh hi danny (laughs) (laughs) you were spot on it wouldn't be still either it wouldn't be standing still like that guy that was really great. Um, what's your number two? My number two is just kind of a sorted grab bag of creepiness. All right. Kind of a lot of those ghosty moments. I, I'm, I'm getting better about not including hidden ghosts and stuff because you have your own section on that. That's okay. So, but just other assorted creepy moments. Of course, Peter Quint. There's always Quint, plenty to go around. Yeah. Back again, creeping about. Except he wasn't actually there, so I'm at this point really sure it's definitely like a ghost situation. Because Owen would have definitely seen him if he was actually creeping about out there when Danny opened the door to to confront him and Owen standing there. Yeah, I feel good about that. 
Yeah. And the big one that I have is the dollhouse. When it creaked open while Flora was laying there, I I turned into Danny scolding Miles downstairs at the table going, "Uh uh-uh, no, no. (laughs) Don't, no, we're not doing this. And, oh, it, it was creepy. But then I had to make a note of the doll placements in it because you see the doll, like, you see and, like, hear it, like, move. There's a doll that moves in the house and that wakes up Flora and then she's or even yeah, that's separate, but then when um Danny's looking through the dollhouse, I have these notes of where the doll placements are there when, when Danny's looking through it. Um Owen, Jamie, and Hannah are in the kitchen, which they were. Mm-hmm. Then there's a ghost, maybe the plague doctor, because it had like a hat and a nose on it. Was in the foyer, foyer. There's two ways to say that, and I never know which one to land on. <laughs> I like the fancy foyer. Foyer. That's just me. <laughs> uh, Danny, Flora, and Rebecca are in Flora's bedroom. Then there's a ghost with a beard in the bathroom who's just kind of been hanging there. And then, of course, the one that Danny really like hones in on is Miles in bed with Peter Quint standing over him. Which... We've been tracking that. Um, <laughs> mm. That's what we got to say. But then, yeah, later on when Flora's in bed, that's when we get the dollhouse again and the big one. I was honestly like full body chills and like filled with dread when that like doll like moved and the sound and then Flora's looking at it. <laughs> the music helped for sure. There's <laughs> but that's how she knew Danny was out of bed that first night, I guess, is because these dolls are kind of like the... It's kind of like the Marauder's like Map the, from Harry Potter stuff. Where yeah, like Marauder's Map, a GPS <laughs> for everybody. You know, yeah. Where you're seeing Weird. where things are at, and it's kind of happening in real time. They're moving around. So, of course, Danny's out of bed, and Flora sees that. But then the big thing is the doll from under the dresser, which I'm assuming is the lady in the lake, obviously, and that's why she stays out of the house, and you put her under the dresser in the lake. But then she is in the house and Danny's also wandering about and Flora is terrified and needs Miles' help. I mean, the kids are just horrified of that ghost, even though it seems like it doesn't necessarily bother them as much, but they're horrified for Danny's life to where they have to go and like keep Danny from wandering around the house (laughs) until the ghost is gone. And, you know, we do see it walk past them and goes back outside to where then Miles is able to go and shut the door. But the footy, uh, the muddy footprints are left behind. I like how <laughs> Danny's just like, I will deal with that tomorrow. I'm not even. <laughs> but, yeah, I just that was it. A lot of chills in that moment because. like A lot. You know, Flora seems to be just kind of very blasé about most of the ghosts in the house. Like, oh, they're just, they're whatever and whatever. But when it comes to that doll and that ghost, even Flora is, like, not willing to mess with it. Yeah. And so, yeah, like you said, a lot of creepy moments uh, with that freaking dollhouse. Um, she doesn't like it when you move her dolls. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, please don't move move my things about in the dollhouse. Um, and she says that she has a very particular system. Yeah. And I'm like, I would say 
what system? Why? <laughs> Why do you have a system? And maybe she just doesn't question it because, I mean, you know, my kid was kind of like that about certain things, you know, when she, mm-hmm. like, she loved Legos, you know, when she was a kid, but she always had like this little bit of OCD in her that, you know, if I went and, you know, she, if she had built something with her Legos and I'd go like pick something up and be like, Oh, well, what's this? This is really cool. Tell me about this. And she'd be like, Oh my gosh, don't touch that. Or, you know, I had that just where I wanted it to be. You know, kids always kind of have, you know, and, and that's fine. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I would have been like, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like in this situation, it's a little bit creepy. And I would have been like, what system, what, what, what are all of these things? Um, yeah. But Danny doesn't question. Um, and again, mm-hmm. one other creepy moment that Flora does again, looking over her shoulder. Yeah. Over Danny's at shoulder, least... like she's talking to someone. And <laughs> yeah, she questions Danny calls time. it out this time. She's like, why do you keep looking over my shoulder? What are you looking at? Which I feel like I would have been asking her that in the first episode in the bath. And like, the hell are you looking at, kid? I don't like that. <laughs> If I hadn't already ran from the room and out of the house and said, sayonara, Bly Manor, uh, yeah, I would have been like, what are you looking at? Who are you? You know, but I don't know that I could have done that. It, it would have done scared the shit out of me. I don't know that I would have made it that far, but I feel like at least that would have been more reasonable asking about it instead of just pretending like it didn't exist. But maybe, maybe she felt she was too new. That was like on her first, first, second day. I yeah. guess, you know, so she's maybe like, mm, maybe it's just a one-time thing, but nope, Flora does it all the time. <laughs> and yeah, I was glad that she called her out on it. Yeah. Um, Still didn't get any answer though. Flora's very, no. <laughs> I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Nothing. Didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like I have no idea what you, what you mean. <laughs> and when Flora realizes that Danny's holding the doll of Peter, you know, cause mm-hmm. he was in, like I said, in Miles's room, which a couple things and so maybe we can just talk this out for a a minute and Mm -hmm. hopefully not spend too much time on it but she she realizes she's holding peter and she's like oh it's it's peter Uh, but then she looks over her shoulder like Mm -hmm. she's looking back at miles's room just to maybe what check see if is peter still there you know what was that about why was she you know making this effort to look behind her and kind of like okay everything's okay um, mm-hmm. but then says, you know, when, when Danny starts asking her, you know, have you seen Peter since he left? Have you let him inside the house? You know, don't lie to me. I just want to know the truth. And Flora says, he's not allowed in the house. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. When you ask, how does it work? Yeah. What are you talking, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's not just like playing, like, like the first thing you mentioned, like, you know, the system, particular system. I could see chalking that up to just, oh, kids having their own, you know, being, you know, with playing with dolls and having their own little, like, made up. Yes, imaginary I stuff. get that. Like I said, I have I a daughter who's that. that way. I get that. But yeah, once you're saying, you know, have you been letting Peter in? And he's like, no, he's not allowed in the house. It doesn't work that way. That's not just imagination at that point. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to have to, like, let me go get a pen and paper. We're going to sort this shit out right now. Because yeah. I don't like, I'm not playing these, like, guessing games with this anymore. <laughs> Yeah. But what's weird is like, it was almost like she was, because there's a doll of Peter in the house. He's not standing outside. Yeah. He's, he, or he's not on the parapet or he's not lurking about outside the windows. Like we keep seeing him, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen him in the house. In, in the only present way he's day. able to get in the house is if he's able to take over miles while miles is outside the house and then 
kind of hitch a ride in. <laughs> well, and that's what's weird. It's like, is he somehow, I don't know. I'm really confused by, because it's like he's in, the doll is in the house, which makes you believe that somehow Peter is in the house. Yeah. But is Peter in the house because he's somehow possessing Miles? Mm-hmm. So he is in the house, but maybe not as a spirit. Or I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah, but then sure. she says he's not allowed in the house, and that's not how it works. But I'm like, well, then how the hell does it work? Because you seem to think that he's in the house, like he's in Miles's room. Why yeah. is you know, it, like you said, the dolls? When you look at all the other ones, seem to imply that those are where those ghosts or where the people like of Owen and Hannah and you know Danny yep. and everyone else and Miles in his bed. Those represent the either people or the ghosts in that house. So then mm-hmm. why is that doll of Peter in the house? He's not allowed in the house. I'm just yeah. confused about that. Um, so yeah, I'd be like, yeah, we need to screw bedtime. We're talking about this some more. Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. This is creepy. Um, I need to know if I need to pack my bags and get mm-hmm. the hell out of here. That's what I'm thinking. Right. So yeah, definitely creepiness happening with that dollhouse. Um, I think it's beautiful. I am definitely, even as a grown-ass adult, envious of that dollhouse. I always wanted a dollhouse <laughs> like that. Maybe not a blind manor. Uh, but, you know, because I feel like that thing would be haunted. But something very similar, how lifelike it was and how beautiful and ornate and detailed. Certainly something that I always wanted. I didn't have that. Gr- I was very poor growing up. So definitely nobody was building me or buying me any dollhouses. But I always wanted one. So I do think it's very beautiful. Um Although yeah. a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's just kind of opening on its own middle of the night. I don't want to mess with that. Not digging that. <laughs> Not digging that at all. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Well, that was, um, the dollhouse was my number two. So I just kind of tagged onto what you were saying, um, mm-hmm. about some of those creepy moments, uh, and kind of talking about that. What's your number one? My number one, I think we've covered pretty much entirely. I'm going to go through it and make sure that I don't have any okay. extra notes, but it was, yeah, like I said, Edmund, a.k.a. Bright Eyes, a.k.a. Dead Boyfriend. And yeah, I think because I have all my notes about kind of the backstory and what happened, I think we covered that really well. And then him appearing in the house to her and then the bonfire. So yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything about him. Okay, cool. Well, mine is going to be pretty short and sweet, but I want to come back around to Hannah, who, again, I should just title this Rima's shitballs, crazy theories. (laughs) I don't know. Um, She continues to be a bit of a mystery. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like what we learned in this episode is she doesn't go to town. Yep. Hasn't been for some time. Does that mean she can't leave the property? That's what I'm wondering. That's I have in my extra notes that I was like, Hannah hasn't been to church in town in a long time. I was like, dot, dot, dot. Maybe because she can't leave the manor. <laughs> Very accusatory. Like, hmm. How about yeah. that? Gross. I'm, I'm just, I'm making a list, man. <laughs> I'm making a list. And when I'm proven wrong, it's okay. I'll live with that. But I'm making my list of, mm-hmm. of my arguments. So that's one. Or one of many. Uh, yeah. That's just in this episode, I should say. We, we, we've talked about it multiple times in other episodes, but just for this episode, kind of the things that are still leading me to believe this theory. Yeah. Uh, when she says, um, who is she talking to, Danny in the chapel, when yeah. you know she says that she wasn't going to go, and she says, funerals are for the living. <laughs> I mean, Hannah. 
doesn't mean you're not going because you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about double meanings earlier. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like no mistakes in this. Again, it, it might not be a mistake. It could be on purpose and they're leading us that way. And it could just be something, a, a red herring maybe, but I'm so far I'm buying it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going with it. So yeah, I think it, it was no mistake that she, she made that, um, that comment. Um, very curious as they're making dinner in mm-hmm. the kitchen and they end up making Owen's favorite dinner. Yeah. And then when Owen shows up, you know, cause Flora's like, well, Owen's not even here. Why do we have to have his favorite dinner? And Hannah doesn't say anything. And then a little while later, who's knocking at the door and it's Owen and Flora mm-hmm. comes in and says, um, well, Hannah, Hannah knew you were going to be here. Yep. We're making your favorite dinner. How does she know? Yeah. No, she doesn't say a word. Hannah just mm-hmm. tells her, oh, on with you now, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've talked about in the in all these episodes how she doesn't eat or drink anything, or at least only when she licks the batter. Yeah, you know, that was with Rebecca. And, that was before. So. That was before. That was with Rebecca. And I know people are going to say, but she was drinking wine in this episode. But I want to say... Was she drinking wine? Exactly. That's in my notes too. In my extras, I said, Hannah's drinking the wine or is she really? Maybe she's I drinking it. To me, that looked fake. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they tend to like linger on her every time she would take a sip. Her lips and... looked closed the entire mm-hmm. time. That is how I took my cough medicine whenever I was a kid. <laughs> because yeah. I would drink it from the bottle. I used to have bronchitis all the time whenever I was a little kid. So I was constantly prescribed, um, prescription cough medicine and it tasted mm-hmm. awful and i was i don't know seven eight nine years old i used to get it like two or three times every year the most horrible cough medicine and my mom would instead of like giving it to me you know i always got the teaspoon or and they, they didn't have the little cups i'm i'm this old they didn't have like the little cups or anything um mm-hmm. to give you or whatever so you had to use like a teaspoon and you know if my mom wasn't doing that she'd go she'd say go take your cough medicine and sometimes she'd be kind of near me whenever I whenever I had to do it and I would like screw the top off the bottle and I would like put it up to my mouth and I take like like I'm taking a swig of it mm-hmm. but I was not <laughs> <laughs> and that is how I looked whenever and how and what I did when I was supposed to be taking my cough medicine and I wasn't and I feel like they lingered on it they made a point to show us like oh no look Hannah's drinking wine it's okay. Mm-hmm. No, she she's drinking. No, I didn't buy that shit for a second. No, <laughs> not for a second. She did not have me fooled. But yeah, that's that's all I've got for Hannah for for this cool. episode so far. Just adding to her peculiarities. That's I did not say that very well at all. That's my drinking um, that's come <laughs> in. It, it ties my tongue. But anyway, I think everybody knows what I was trying to say. So yeah, you, you felt the same. You had about the same. Oh, definitely. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't buying it at all. I think they were maybe trying to make us believe believe that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either at all. Um, what notes do you have? Uh, only other extra note because I had that stuff about Hannah, and then the other one was just kind of a funny little moment. Also had Hannah, but when. Jamie comes back in from the funeral, that little exchange, you know, how was it? Oh, a barrel of laughs, you know? And then she <laughs> yeah. says, you know, any, any chance for a brew? And Danny says, yeah, I'll make tea. And immediately Hannah and Jamie <laughs> together. No, oh 
I love that that's still a thing. That's still a thing. Like, Danny still cannot make tea, and it's still very funny that she can't make tea. They were very both, like, quick to just jump. No, don't. (laughs) The horror. Please don't. Please don't. Hannah's like, I'll I'll make it. Love it. This day doesn't need to get worse, right? <laughs> Let's not add your terrible tea. That that she made that. That was that was bad. I'm not a professional, <laughs> you know, tea person by any means, but even I know that that was just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. Bless her heart. <laughs> um, that's all I had. Extra. And Jamie, Jamie cleans up nice, huh? Yeah, she looked pretty smoking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I might be sad to say she's going to a freaking funeral, but I mean, she looked great. <laughs> yeah. Looked pretty good cleaned up. I mean, she looked good, dirty, covered in dirt too. But yeah, Jamie just looks good. She's just anytime. cute. Yeah. Super cute. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we covered most of my notes. So if you don't have any other notes, let's get into the hidden ghosts. All right. Because we had some this episode, even if you didn't catch all of them. All right, so for this episode, the first faceless ghost. Again, damn it, this one, this one was was pretty creepy. Um, it's at thirteen minutes and thirty six seconds. Um, this was in the kitchen, and it's behind Jamie on the right side. Uh, it's a faceless child mm. by a chair. <sighs> yeah. It's it's blurred though. Again, we've talked a little bit about this before um, in other episodes. How they're not so obvious. Yeah, uh, you know there's something there, but it's a little blurry, so you can't make out a face. But there's a face um, behind this chair, behind Jamie. Thirteen minutes and thirty six seconds. All right, fourteen minutes and thirty seconds. Jamie's walking into the foyer. There is a figure under the stairs back there behind her. It looks like the soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 14 minutes and 40 seconds. The same figure is back under the stairs. Uh, it looks like the same fella as the 14 minute and 30 second mark. But there's also the face. I'm calling it the faceless child or faceless child with a doll mask. It, it's creepy Ugh. either way. Yeah. Um, so in this 14 minutes and 40 seconds, this, there's the soldier. But then if you look and it's very tight fit behind, there's two chairs up against like where the stairs are, where the railing is uh, kind of like a little sit- sitting area. looks like there's a little child right behind that, that chair. Um, and it's on the right. And this is when Hannah, Flora and Miles are walking into the foyer. So look, look just, in that area as they're walking in at 14 minutes and 55 seconds, uh, the same as the other markers, 1430 and 1440. Uh, you'll see the, um, figure in the faceless child on the right. It's just a little bit of a different view. Yeah. And you get a little bit of a better shot of that faceless child. If, (laughs) if you can call it a better shot. Yeah. Um, 46 minutes, quite a jump here, 46 minutes and 11 seconds. We get the plague doctor. Uh, he is behind the desk. It looks like he, it looks like he's cut off his legs. He looks a lot shorter than what he did in some other shots. Crouching down behind it. (laughs) Which it's it's almost like even creepier. It's like he's almost trying to hide, but he can't quite hide. (laughs) I don't know what's happening Can't get that mask hidden behind the desk. He's like, oh, I tried. (laughs) Can't hide that mask and that hat. That, that, that mask sticks out. (laughs) 
but yeah, he's quite shorter in <laughs> this <laughs> this picture because he's right behind the desk and he's barely taller than the desk. But that's at forty six minutes and eleven seconds. Um, forty seven minutes uh, and one second. We get the figure in the background. Uh, this is when which you, we we touched on it. We didn't talk a whole lot about the the lady in the lake. Maybe I'll do that here in just one moment when I get past the segment um, and talk about her. But Danny is crouched down in front of Flora and Miles, and behind her is the shot that we get. There's a figure mm-hmm. back there in the hallway. Forty seven minutes and one second. Uh, 47 minutes and eight seconds. We're calling it a hidden ghost, but maybe not quite so hidden. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get the, I'm calling her the lady of the lake. I'm pretty sure that's where she's coming from and who she is. Um, She's walking there behind, behind Danny. So if, if somehow you missed it, um, there she Mm -hmm. is. Yep. At 48 minutes and 18 seconds, there is a shadow on the left side in another room. So many of these are, you know, they take these certain shots where you can see in other rooms. Um, This is in another room. It's a little hard to see. It's a shadow. I couldn't tell you exactly what it's supposed to be, but it's there. 49 minutes and four seconds. Uh, a little extra special bonus. You're welcome. Creepy factor here. The doll. There is a doll. Um, I think it's that child mm-hmm. is crouched next to the dollhouse, right as Danny gets up and turns off Flora's bedside lamp. I don't like that. That might be the one that I don't like the most. That thing creeps me out. This thing, it, remember the last episode? I think it's the, last, the one that we saw in the reflection of the mirror. Yeah. And it turns its head. Well, she does it here too. Mm. It moves just ever so slightly. Mm. So catch it at 49 minutes and four seconds and then just watch it. Um, I, I swear it, it moves just a hair. It was enough to um, pretty much make me want to run from the room. <laughs> At 49 minutes and 25 seconds, we get the figure behind Danny. Um, it is to the right of her. Um, you mentioned it earlier when she's yeah. kind of doing that little banishing of, or, you know, trying to exercise Edmund on her own, throwing the glasses in the fire. You can see this figure standing behind her kind of in the field there. Mm-hmm. 49 minutes and 25 seconds. And then we, we only have just the one not so hidden ghost and that's Edmund. Um, I think everyone mostly has seen him um, there in the hospital mirror reflection at the funeral home. Um, And then again, whenever Danny and Jamie are together and then of course they're at the bonfire. So he's kind of hard to miss. So he's the not so hidden ghost. I'm not going to give the timestamps for those because he's not very hidden, but that's what I have so far. Um, and then that's it. It's all good for the head ghosts. Hope everyone enjoyed that. Hopefully that was helpful. I know these things are hard to see. You can always mess with the resolution on your TV. Sometimes that helps. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk about, as I was talking about that lady of the lake, you know, um, just want to kind of comment and throw out there and think out loud about that is Flora and Miles are seem to be scared of her. Yeah. They, but they don't seem, she doesn't seem to harm them. 
but they do seem to be worried about Danny. I think we yeah. can assume now that they were protecting her, but why? Mm-hmm. What will what will she do to her? I mean, it has to be what happened to Rebecca, because I don't think Rebecca <laughs> killed herself, which is what the story is. I think definitely <laughs> something happened with that lady in the lake. And maybe that's why they're so terrified. They feel like mm-hmm. if if they don't want that same thing to happen to Danny as what happened to Rebecca, maybe. Yeah. But it is curious, you know, why, why they're, um, what are they, what is she going to do or why are they having to do that? Um, so I don't know, just some questions there that I meant to, to kind of throw out there before and didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was great. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we move on? I think that's it. Sweet. All right. Well, let's move on to our listener feedback. I'm super excited to get into our listener feedback. We had some great feedback on Facebook, got some great emails, and we've got some voice calls as well. So I'll go ahead and get it started. First one that we have tonight is from our friend Dawn Elizabeth. She writes in, I'm so glad that I'm watching the show one episode episode at a time with you and Paik. It's the first time I've had the self-restraint to do that, and it's a whole different experience. I have so much to say about this one, but we'll try to keep it to a minimum. Remy, you got your wish to see the dollhouse and the dolls that we think are the ghosts. I did see two ghosts myself in the front hall when Danny attacked Owen. They were standing in the back under the stairs, and I think they were also in that room in the dollhouse. In the scene where the dollhouse opened by itself, a white figure moved across the attic window. Ooh. (laughs) I only caught this on my second watch. Then, of course, there's the white dress ghost that moved across the room behind Danny that the kids were trying to protect her from. Isn't that the ghost doll, the one that Flora keeps under her dresser? Um, yes, I yep, think absolutely. it is. <laughs> uh, so she says, hmm, what's the story there? I don't know. I hope we find out because <laughs> it's creepy. Um, she goes on. And Edmund, I had assumed that Danny perhaps hit a stranger with her car. Wrong. Uh, the fact that she saw his ghost right after he died is shocking. And that... Um, what Flora is looking at over Danny's shoulder all the time. I, I don't know. It's got me too. Um, mm, in the bonfire scene, I keep kept yelling at Danny to tell that story and let him go. Not so sure that burning his glasses did the trick. It sure seems like he's getting stronger. I think there were a lot of clues in the speech Flora gave at dinner about thinking she was dead, but no one could see her. I kept getting definite the other's vibes. Hmm. Mm. I agree with you. Um, okay, I'll stop here. Can't wait to hear what you and Pink have to say. Oh, one last thing. Jamie sure cleans up nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. <laughs> have you seen the others yet, Pink? I know I signed you that as homework. Have you had a chance to watch that yet? The others? No, I haven't. Okay, look, it's almost Halloween. <laughs> it's, Halloween. it's a perfect Halloween movie. I know that you have lists, right? Yeah. For, for Halloween movie lists? Yes. I really would love I'd for add you that. to if you can, I know. I'll that try to do that this week. I know last night I had to watch Tremors. Shrieker Island finally came out, the new new Tremors movie. And for anyone who knows me well enough or has listened to Run for Your Lives, I'm a huge Tremors fanboy. And so even all this is the seventh one, and wow. even though they're all just like straight to DVD, Blu-ray, terrible, terrible movies, I still pre-order all of them and watch them and love every second of it. So that's what I had this week, but <laughs> well, if you can, if you can work it in, I mean, it's really a good movie anytime because it really mm. is just really well done. But it's, I think, definitely appropriate for this time of year. I think nice. it's got a good creepy factor, and I think you might enjoy it. So, All right. I, I would love to get your thoughts on that. Um, but anyway, thank you, Don. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Lindsay Schlick says, okay, yay, this episode was a huge improvement for me. Really glad to finally have Danny's background and the story behind her ghost, if that's what he is. Do we think it's her overwhelming guilt, or does she have an actual ghost haunting her? Why was the ghost that touched her waist wearing gloves? Something is definitely up with Hannah. We finally see her drinking something. The wine around the bonfire, but it looks weird to me. Like it's either an empty or empty bottle, or she's not really drinking. They showed her drinking multiple times, but each time it looked off to me. We're with you there, Lindsay. Yes. She goes on to say, the end scene was so spooky and also confusing to me. Do the dolls move when their human counterparts move? Is that why the Danny doll wasn't in bed? And how Flora knew the muddy footprint lady was in the house? She saw the doll in the house rather than under the dresser. Obviously, the kids were distracting Danny so she wouldn't notice the ghost. Does that mean she's a threat to people who see her, but not the kids? I have so many questions. So happy to be enjoying the show again. That's Me good. Too. I'm so glad that you loved that. Yes. Yes, she um, seemed to indicate that she was back on board. Sometimes it takes a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, happy you're back with us, Lindsay. I like a good yeah. happy Lindsay instead of a disappointed, sad Lindsay. <laughs> Okay, we've got several emails. Um, this one is from last week's episode. So this listener um, just missed our deadline. I think we had just recorded by the time that I had received her email. But as I mentioned, I, um, if I find it and see it, I will include it on the next week's show. So she says, hey, Reem and Paik, writing in for the Haunting of Blind Manor episode three. And a few stray thoughts from um, episodes one and two, since I was a bit behind in starting the show and I just binged all three episodes last night. I will try to follow with you guys week by week moving forward, but I can't make any promises. Uh, loving the show so far. I'm liking the back and forth in time so we can get a little bit of exposition. I wonder who the woman is that is telling the story in 2007 and how she's related to the events. I like Paik's theory that it's maybe Jamie, and it makes sense more now that we see her and Danny getting closer towards the end of episode three. The one thing, though, that keeps uh, or that deters me from that idea is how she kept saying, this is not my story. But we see in the 80s, Jamie was very involved with what was happening in Blind Manor. So whatever was happening to Danny was also happening to Jamie just as much. She says, wow, the deep dive into Peter and Rebecca's history that escalated quickly. I had a tiny split moment of thinking, oh, they're kind of a cute couple, but Peter started showing his toxic behavior very quickly. Uh, I'm curious to see how that leads to Rebecca's eventual demise, especially since she seems like a strong, no bullshit female character. So I'm not sure how she didn't catch those red flags about him sooner. Also, I'm beginning to be very convinced that Peter is also dead and is possessing Miles. I'm seeing it even more this episode since a lot of Miles' strange behavior seems to be eerily similar to Peter's calm but creepy demeanor. I also like seeing some more obvious parallels that connect a few dots to the previous episode, a.k.a. Miles picking out the flowers and using the phrase, everyone has a key, coming straight from Peter in the flashback. It also maybe explains why Jamie was pissed about the roses in episode two. <laughs> a couple of other thoughts. Played in, playing hide-and-seek with creepy children in the middle of the pitch-black night in a haunted house? terrible idea. I knew that scene was going to be riddled with hidden ghosts and I tried my best to catch them all, but it was so dark. The only one I caught was the plague doctor by the window when Danny was looking for the kids. Also the creepy ghost that was singing with Flora in the attic. What the hell was that? Mm -hmm. It definitely doesn't help that I watched those episodes while catching up on some work. The light was on and I was looking back and forth between screens, which is definitely not the best way to experience the show. Should have known better. So I'll definitely be doing a rewatch when I can give it my full attention to try to pick up on the hidden ghosts and other subtle hints that I missed the first time. 
What do you guys think the deal is with Hannah and the crack on the wall? We saw it before in the kitchen and then in the little chapel. I don't know if you guys are Doctor Who fans, but it definitely reminded me of the crack in time and space that was during one of the Matt Smith seasons. It's been a while. Um, but Hannah is definitely one of the more mysterious characters and hope to see some backstory or reveal about her soon. And finally, the end of this episode, with us seeing more of a close-up of Mr. Glasses, made me think that the next episode is going to be Danny's flashback, so hopefully we finally get to see who that man was and what the hell happened in Danny. I tried to read that book before the season came out, but I didn't have time, and in a way I'm glad because I like being in suspense and not knowing what's coming. I'm also curious to watch the Turning movie after watching this to see how the story compares. Looking forward to seeing uh, more twists and reveals. Thanks again for um, guys for your awesome coverage as always. Best, Sarah. Awesome. Thank you. A <laughs> lot of great stuff. thoughts. I don't know about the crack in the wall. Um, I think you had a good thought about that, Pake, but I haven't watched Doctor Who. Have you seen Doctor no, Who? No, that's another one that I've kind of missed out on myself. Never I been a big Who I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I just I haven't seen them. I know it's good and people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree with it. I just I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. All right. This next one comes from Carrie. She says, Dear Rima and Paik, thrilled that you are covering Bly Manor. I'm in the second episode of your show, but just finished the fifth episode. So some of this may be repeats from things that you've said. Hannah Gross has been my favorite from the start, and I really like the actress playing her. She is knocking it out of the park. We all knew something was off. Now this confirms it. This episode was by far the best so far. We had it. We had. I had to go back and rewatch most of it. I kept thinking, did I miss something? How do we come back to this interview over and over again? Didn't I see or hear this a few minutes ago? It was truly a Hitchcock-esque psychological thriller. It's like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. I've speculated that the narrator is Danny, but now second-guessing this. I can't wait to find out. Thank you for your coverage of this disturbing yet addictive haunting tale. You are welcome, Carrie. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Okay. Next one we have is from our friend Jay. He's writing in again to us. He says, hello, friends. So that was a saucy episode. I loved the love story, although throughout the episode, I could feel that she wasn't into it as much as him. And the timing of that truck was Watchmen level convenient. I mean, (laughs) goddamn. Anyway, (laughs) now that we know who anime mirror boy is, as it seems, he hasn't really moved on and neither has she. Although it would be menacing to stop the email there. I've had a week to mull my thoughts over and try to form something cohesive. By the way, I've just binged Haunting of Hill House because I needed more. I've got two episodes left, and without spoiling it, I think the um, Hodor moment from Hill House was some of the best of any series I've <laughs> seen. I binged it very aggressively, and now I'm about to finish Hill House and watch the next episode of Bly, which is the mid-season point. So something is coming. I can feel it. Take care and keep podcasting. Awesome. Oh yeah, I think I know exactly what he's talking about in Hill House that moment. And mm-hmm. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Lots of big moments. All right. The next one is from Sarah. And is this the same? Same Sarah. She okay. wrote in for um this week's episode. I was able to get her in on time this week. Awesome. So for this one, she says, So episode four personally felt somewhat slow, but with a lot of little revelations here and there. So I just wanted to share my reaction and theories to some of the biggest moments. I'll try to keep it brief, but no promises. Turn around, bright eyes. (laughs) (laughs) 
poor Eddie. So tragic. I guess it explains why she is so haunted by it. The grief is one thing, but it's doubled by the burden of guilt that she broke his heart right beforehand and that she never told his family the truth. I'm glad she let it off her chest and told Jamie. Hopefully she starts to get some closure. Lots of sad but meaningful conversations about death in this episode. Flora's speech at dinner was just too heartbreaking, and the fact that she said her parents are not here, but we can just pretend. Ugh, sobs. Also, like the par- subtle parallel between the so between those couple of lines, dead doesn't mean gone, but then on the other hand, she was gone before she was dead, said by Owen later on. Also, did you notice that during Flora's line, what if I was already dead but no one knew, it cut right to Hannah? Note, she was eating and drinking wine in this episode. Makes me think that Hannah is at is an in-between state somehow. Not a full ghost, but still technically dead, but also maybe doesn't know she's dead. Sixth sense, anyone? And then later on, she says, oh, I've just been drifting lately. So maybe she's simply passing through, but is too attached to the Bly Manor family and needs to stay to protect them. Or something along those lines. And the crack in the wall that she keeps seeing might be a sign or reminder for her. (laughs) We get another little moment of the Miles-Peter possession. I wonder sometimes during those scenes why Miles doesn't develop Peter's Scottish accent. But I think they didn't want that to, want it to be that obvious. But it was interesting that when she asks him before he goes to bed about the incident, he seemed to have no idea what happened. Made me wonder about a lingering theory I had after episode three in regards to the line where Miles says to Hannah, I dreamt that I hurt you and I got really sad. Well, what if, bear with me here, what if Peter possessed Miles to kill Hannah? Since Miles doesn't seem to remember his actions as Peter at all, but that dream might have been Peter's memories slipping through somehow. I don't know. And in the last podcast, you guys mentioned briefly that Hannah might have been the one who killed Peter, so this kind of fits with Peter coming back to kill her as revenge. Thoughts? Ooh. I, ooh, Sarah. <laughs> I have thoughts. Man. I just don't know if I can get them out right yeah. now. But I Man. love it, and it's That's dark, good. It's really good. And I like it. <laughs> Give me and more, she Sarah. she continues on. Yeah, she says, last but not least, we finally properly see the lady in the lake. Towards the beginning of the show, it was easy to assume that it's Rebecca since we know she drowned in the lake, but that sort of gets debunked since we see that Rebecca's ghost wears a black dress, same as the doll that Flora made of her. But now we see that the lady is wearing a white dress, aka the doll under the dresser. It makes sense now because Flora has shown many different reactions to the ghosts, but that's the one she is scared of the most, just as she was scared of the doll, but she also seems to switch to a protective instinct to make sure Danny is safe. So I think that lady, that lake lady might have been the cause for Rebecca's death, as in she lured her to the lake to drown herself. And Flora's trying to make sure the same thing doesn't happen to Danny. Sobs again. Also, I'm sure you guys saw the name Viola Lloyd that Flora colored in the chapel, so maybe that's who lake lady is. I thought the same, Sarah. <laughs> but how sweet was that scene between the siblings while telling Danny about Flora's nightmare? You could definitely see that when it comes to Lake Lady, they both have such a strong, unspoken understanding of what they need to do and say to avoid anyone getting hurt. A-plus improv skills. It was cool seeing that the dolls move in the dollhouse in real time with the characters and Ghost, which also confirms that Peter is always with Miles. Yikes. But you also see Rebecca in Flora's room, and it was funny when Danny was questioning why Flora is always looking behind her, and she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, it makes me get the sense that Rebecca's presence is more casual than scary but also scares me that Flora is not more concerned about Peter's presence. We don't let him in the house. That's not how it works. What? How does it work? (laughs) (laughs) That's what we were saying. (laughs) Anyway, the confusion and theories are endless, but but that's it for me this week. Looking forward to listen to your thoughts, and I'm excited to see what happens in the show going forward. All the best, Sarah. 
Oh, that is some incredible wow. feedback. Thank you so much for that email. This is why I love listener feedback. One of my reasons, anyway, mm-hmm. for loving it so much. Look at the like awesome insight and new perspectives that we hadn't thought of. Yeah, because we were playing around with like the Peter Hannah situation, but I never even thought about a Miles cog in that works. So, wow. That is dark <laughs> and I like it. Yeah. Good for you, Sarah. That was awesome. Thank you everyone so much. Those That was great feedback. Um, yeah. We've got a couple of phone calls also. So the first one that we have is from our good friend, Daphne. Hi, Rima and Peg. This is Daphne sending in my feedback for The Haunting of Blind Manor, Episode 4, The Way It Came. So far, I do like the differences that Mike Flanagan has brought into the story. It's been different than what I was expecting, and I hope it continues down this path because it's been a little bit of a surprise. I liked how the story went back and forth between the past and the present and gave us a glimpse into Danny's prior life, as well as the celebration of Owen's mother's life as she passed away. We learn about Edmund, and we also see a glimpse of Danny's ongoing struggle with her sexuality. Wow, the reflection. I guess I was right about the reflection, and we learn that it's Edmund who is haunting Danny, but I'm not sure what burning the glasses will mean to how severely he continues to haunt her, and how much more we will see him, or how frequently he will pop up. Even before Danny came to Blind Manor, she was already a little traumatized, so it's not that much of a surprise now that we've been given some of her backstory that she has been reacting the way that she has been because she kind of did that before. I was really happy to see her and Jamie share a quiet moment, but that was short-lived because Edmund popped up at just the right time to frighten her and send her back into that traumatized state. It's obvious that she blames herself. The turmoil has manifested itself within her, and we're just going to have to be patient, I guess, to see how this all plays out. One final thing, Flora and the Creepy Dolls. It continues to be intriguing, and it makes me wonder, are there souls trapped in there somewhere? Because there seems to be so much discussion about where they're located and They can't be moved around, and it's really interesting to me. There's so much more to unravel with this series, and as always, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Still going week to week, and it's something fun to look forward to watching the show and then your podcast. Anyway, guys, thanks. Thanks, Daphne. Dang, souls trapped in the dolls. There's another zinger. Man, so many good theories and thoughts and with with it being the haunting and mike flanagan like anything is on the table (laughs) i know i i don't discount anything at this point i'm taking in all the theories guys just you've heard mine mine might sound you know sound a little dingy let's hear yours too don't be shy um thank you daphne so much we appreciate you okay and then our last voice message we have is from our good friend Steve Brown. Hey Pick and Rima, this is Steve. This is for uh, episode four uh, the, the way it came hold on. 
Yeah, the way it came. Um, interesting. I know we've been talking about it, the, the glasses, headlights, and all those kind of things. So I think all of us, or I know me for sure, when as soon as they were sitting in the car and he was – you know, she had just broken up with him. I was like, okay, he's going to get out of the car and he's going to get hit by a truck or something like that, or a bus or, you know, it was just, it was one of those things that was really telegraphed. I don't, I don't mind that so much that it was telegraphed, um, for us, but it just, and was Flora's little conversation about dead doesn't mean gone. Was that too on the nose for Hannah? Because we saw Hannah drinking a lot in this uh, in this episode. We didn't see her eat anything. I don't remember, but uh, we we did see her drink quite a bit. So maybe that was just a kind of a red herring misdirect of her actually being dead, or maybe she's not, or maybe she is. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that. Maybe we'll find out in the next the next episode, but. Uh, uh, I didn't spot any of the hidden ghosts this time. All I saw was the, the flagrant ones. I mean, obviously, we've, we understand now the whole meaning behind when the kids locked her in the closet. Obviously, it was to keep her safe from... And like tonight, we saw that ghost move from one room to another uh, in the background while they were while uh, Flora was talking about her nightmare. So I'm assuming that's what they're doing, that she got up and uh, the Flora got up and saw that the ghost had moved to a different room or something like that. And uh, that uh, the doll, the Danny doll is missing. Um, hmm. So I uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one and uh, can't wait to watch it again. Talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. As always, my friend. Good thoughts. I don't know. You might want to rewatch <laughs> where uh, Hannah's drinking there, Steve. <laughs> don't think she was drinking. Not buying it. Yep. Wow. So much great <laughs> feedback. I'm I'm buzzing um, off these awesome theories uh, that yeah. we're getting. I love a, love a good theory, so... Thank you all so much for contributing. Keep them coming. Don't be shy. Let us know what you thought, because I think at this point, none of us are wrong. <laughs> we don't know. So yeah. I think anything is up up, um, up for grabs and, and put it on the table. Um, so thank you, everyone, so much for contributing. Really appreciate hearing from you. Okay. Well, next week, we will be covering episode five, um, titled The Altar of the Dead. I'm really excited about this because I think I know where we're going with that. Oh, because that would be what would that would be the the altar in the chapel that Hannah is lighting the candles. Yeah. So maybe this is going to be the episode where we finally get our Hannah answers that we need. I I hope so. Think we have to. I hope so. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited. I'm hoping uh, to watch it tonight. Yeah. don't fall asleep watch it tonight and uh probably won't be able to sleep after watching it i'm gonna tell you that <laughs> won't be sleeping much um well we are excited for you to follow us to bly manor but until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast you can like us on facebook at facebook.com slash stranger tcast and you can email us, um, either email a message or send us a voice message at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. 
so many great podcasts on Podcastica. Oh, yeah. Jason's covering Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, the spinoff. Mm-hmm. Or both are spinoffs, I guess. I forget Fear is yeah. kind of considered a spinoff as well. Um, covering those right now. And this week, The Mandalorian Season 2 comes out. Yes, I'm so, so excited. Yeah, super excited about that. What a great way to kick off Halloween, uh, but with The Mandalorian. Such a fabulous series. Season 1 was absolutely amazing. Season 2, yeah. I have... No doubt. Look, this is one show I feel good about having high expectations for. Yeah. Because the first season was amazing. John Favreau is absolutely amazing. So I feel confident. Can't do wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm confident in, in, in my belief that it's going to be pretty great without mm-hmm. having seen it yet. Um, but Jason and his crew will be covering that um, on House Podcastica. So be sure to check those guys out as well. Um, and then speaking of great podcasts, um, Pake, you and Daphne still have your podcast, uh, Run for Your Lives, where you're covering yes. monster movies and creature features. Um, and of course, everyone, you can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and runforyourlivespodcast.com. What do you have in store for everyone this week? All right. So this week, um, Dante's Peak is the last one that has been out this week. And then this yes. weekend, our new one, we had to do our first like holiday special. We had to make it fun. Yeah, you should. So since the episode will be out on Halloween or the night before, we drop Friday nights usually, but later Friday evening. So it should be available for everybody easily on Halloween. We figured it'd be easy to do and fun to do Halloween on Halloween. So we covered the movie Halloween from 2018, the newest addition Uh, to the series. That wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was really good because it's kind of, a direct sequel to the original Halloween. Yeah. It's kind of a different timeline and stuff. So it kind of ignores everything else and kind of is a direct sequel there. So, but it, it, you know, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, but not really spoiler, because it's, it kicks off with a couple of podcasters. And so it just felt pretty on the nose, a little bit perfect to what better movie to do on Halloween as a podcast than the newest Halloween movie where, podcasters are kind of the catalyst that kick everything off (laughs) yeah yeah that's appropriate (laughs) cool well cannot wait for that all right that's our show thanks for listening everyone until next time i'm rima i'm fake and sarah is strange indeed excuse me hiccups I'm drinking. Um. <laughs> Welcome to Strange Indeed, where today we're going to talk about the planting of High Manor. <laughs> no. know, that's, that's about what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs>